Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. We have begun a new calendar and another 25,000-year cycle as we journey into a new realm of reality through the windows in your mind. We now begin with the knowledge of humanity and its divine origins from intergalactic conversations from the past and present. Let us look through a window into the ever-evolving consciousness and explore new possibilities with our place in the cosmos and the quantum world. Grandmother Parisha of Cherokee Heritage reveals the wisdom of the ancient past that will lead us into a peaceful future. Experience the love and peace through the exceptional wisdom of Grandmother Parisha as she shares science and ancient knowledge merged together to benefit all of humanity. Greetings, this is Parisha and I'm your host of Windows in Your Mind. A journey into the galactic oneness of all things and the very, very fact that you count, you came with great purpose, and you need to celebrate that purpose in everything that you do and take on in life. And we give you a little bit more information every day on that journey and every week that we bring different beautiful people to the show as well as share a lot of the exciting new, definitely new sciences that are coming out that are giving us truth reflection on things that we have been actually trying to understand and figure out for most of our lives. So today, we're working very close to keeping that in mind as we talk to a beautiful person and an author, and her book is one of the most exciting things that I've seen in a long time. So I'm hoping all of you actually take time and read and get the book that we're talking about. Alea Anatta is an energy healer. And she's the author of the book that we're talking about this week, and that will be Technology of God, A Quest for the Secret of Creation. And that's exactly, you know, don't just bubble past that, A Quest for the Secret of Creation. She covers very well in this book. She's been featured on Coast to Coast AM radio and with George Nooney and spiritual leader and author Michael Herdette hailed her as the most powerful healer he has met in 30 years. And I agree with every bit of that. When she began to develop psychic abilities, she needed a scientific explanation and spent 20 years conducting a layperson study of quantum physics and later studied with physicist Nassim Harriman and based some of the science in the book on his unified field theory. It doesn't just stop there, though. Alea puts much of her own accomplished wisdom and a lot of the things that she puts in the book and puts it in such a place of reading that you can't put the book down. So, it, you know, one page after another, you just keep running around the house, no matter what you're doing, trying to make sure you get another page. And so the story just blows it in, but then it makes the assimilation of the information that she's given you. It begins to hit home because I know all of you who listen to this show, you're well studied in a lot of these areas and, and definitely on the same wave of interest. So you're going to find her book something that's just, Definitely the answer to all of the little uh, loopholes that you've been trying to figure out. And Leah had a diverse, okay, let's look at this, has a diverse career in the arts, politics, marketing, and including spans over 25 years. So the diverse career in her is arts. When you look at Leah, when you actually have any physical contact with her, she's art in motion the way she handles, the way she delivers, the way she actually expresses herself, in itself enhances everything she teaches and everything that she actually has to offer. So I believe that you can only become that strong when you actually take on the arts in the particular. In politics, the same way. You have to be able to handle truth in a way that when there's controversy around it, you're still comfortable, and Alea does that. She's comfortable around your questions, and even when there's contrast in beliefs, she's very easy with that, and she handles that very, very professionally. 
And to have the marketing skills that she's acquired definitely helps her know how to put it into the framework that helps you see what she needs you to see. And all of that works very good. She also has here that she has been the author, okay, she also is the author of Soul Journeys, and I don't think I've read that, Alea, we'll have to get that. And she says that Soul Journeys, Poems of Love, Loss, and Spiritual Awakening. That even intrigues me. And is in, and published in the poetry, uh, Anthology, Love and Luminaries by the International Library of Poetry. Okay. That says a lot. I hope I haven't messed that up too bad for you because for me I'm just talking about the emotional effects of you. But her her presence in my day happened when we were on a particular uh, excursion doing some yearly planning and stuff with a lot of the organizational leaders of which I work with. And uh, we were just happening to investigate some different particular interests that we had. And one of the movies that Nassim had made cropped up and my husband had to be out shopping and actually met a person that's very close to Alea. And then he comes back and tells us, you know, the person that you're looking at studying there, there's this woman who was one of the first people that he worked with. It's right here in town. And Alea come, sat with us and talked. And I just watched her. And as I watched her energy and everything else, this woman is a well, a river, an ocean of absolute beautiful information that puts all, like most of you send me all these communications about it's too heady, it's too scientific, it's too dry, it's too this. Alea bypasses that. She puts this from the heart and she puts it right into what it takes to live, to actually live it, to make it happen. And in her book, there is a section in her, in her book that some of you who have suggested to read it has come back and told me, okay, there's actually some things here that one of the characters in the book actually has to go to the Himalayas and a Tibetan monk teaches her by giving her all these particular initiations to do. And they went on it, Alea, they did those initiations and every one of them come back with remarkable progress. So it's like even in the book she's giving you some how-tos. So with all that said and done, beloveds, please welcome my guest today and that's Alea Anatta. Thank welcome, you so welcome, much. Welcome. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it, and okay. that was such a lovely introduction. So when we were looking at some of the things you've done, I really want the audience that I actually promote on this show and talk to, I really want them to get to know you as a person that I have come to know, because here's what I've learned in these 55 years in this field of work is that you have those who have the truth and they're comfortable with it and they just emanate it and it just rolls off of them like just beautiful fragrance. Okay, you're one of those people. Then there are the people who actually work at it, and they it brings a stressful situation, and the field around any of their work has a little bit of stress to it, so it brings an anxiety almost to it. Alea, you oh. didn't do that. When you sat with us, you didn't know us from yesterday or any time. And you were as easy and sat there with us as though we were having a family reunion. And all of the beautiful questions, there was like about 20-something people there popping some questions. And you just took them as easy. And, and I mean, they were, they were random. None of them had a particular, you know, pathway for you to, to follow and expand on. Just hitting you at random with all the differences that they saw and wanted to know more about. And you just handled that beautifully. And well, so I'm sure you. along the line you have come to know that. Now, it, in, in the particular things that we're going to talk about today, it says you wove into your, your novel some very interesting scientific theories. And can you give us some overview of, of what you're considering this theory to be? Yeah. Um, uh, the book was kind of built around this understanding that I have come to after you mentioned I... I did a 20-year layperson study of quantum physics, and you know, I, I kind of grew up as an atheist, and um, and it left me kind of cold. And and then sometime in my early 30s or late 20s, I started having a lot of metaphysical experiences and abilities. One of them being a healing ability, which I'm not even sure when that happened or how that happened, but I came to know that I could do that. And, uh, you know, telepathy and uh, clairsentience and things like that. 
And having been kind of a materialist, you know, I said, oh my God, I need a scientific explanation for this. So um, I had, uh, I got led to take Transcendental Meditation and started getting their literature. And they talk a lot about quantum physics um, explaining their concept of a unified field. And so that intrigued me because I needed a scientific explanation and I got into that and um, it started to open some doors for me. And then I uh, studied with Nassim uh, Haramine and that opened some more doors. And I've tried to um, incorporate in my novel, which is kind of a thriller, you know, based on a kind of Dan Brown style Da Vinci Code novel, these understandings. So, um, you know, the, the understanding that I have of the universe is that there's a whole other side of the universe that we cannot measure. And, the re and if we can't measure something in Western science, we don't believe it exists. We have to do a double-blind study to be believe that something is real. Well, what if there's a whole field of energy that doesn't emit electromagnetism, which is what you need. You, it needs to emit electromagnetism for us to be able to measure it in this particular reality. Well, the theory is that um, there's another side of the universe, and it's really embedded in a black hole, and that everything's embedded in the black hole. And uh, we it, it doesn't emit electromagnetism, but it's where all the metaphysical phenomena take place. Um, like, uh, you know, clairvoyance and telepathy and, you know, being able to tell the future and all that. Well, how do people come to this? How do people tap into this? And it's because our own bodies are created to interface with the other side of the universe. Have you ever heard that uh, we're missing, nine? you know, we don't use 95% of our brains, Parisha? You ever yes, heard that? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, we're also missing 95% of the universe. Funny that. And the reason we right. know that is because, um, uh, they, you know, we know that the universe is expanding at such a rate that it must be, that to cause that expansion, we must be missing 95% of the mass and matter needed to cause that expansion. So that's where that 95% comes from that's very well accepted in mainstream science. And uh, what they've done, because mainstream science is doing particle physics, which means that they're always looking for the smallest particle, that they made up a particle. And that's what they do in mainstream science. When they don't know what it is, they make up a particle, and they've called it dark energy and dark matter and said, well, it's something. We don't know what it is. We're looking for it. But, uh, you know, um, and it, you know, 95% of reality is kind of a big slice, don't you think? And have you, ever think seen, so. have you ever seen a giraffe with a long neck when the bushes are very low? Evolution does not create capacity that it doesn't use. It's absurd to say that we're not using 95% of our brains. And what's mm -hmm. happening with the other 95% in my opinion, is that it's being used by the field, that hidden field, that 95% that we can't measure, that's running your body, that's running your digestive system. Can you imagine the intelligence it takes to digest an apple? Can you imagine the intelligence that it takes for your eyes to focus? You know, I mean, every little, uh, uh, you know, meta metabolic thing that happens in your body requires an enormous intelligence. And I'm saying in my book that that's us interacting, our bodies interacting with the field and, and it's, we just can't measure it because it's happening in what I call contracted space or inside a black hole. So the other part of the theory that's very important is that all matter goes to infinity. There is no such thing as the smallest particle and they will never find the smallest particle. And you can take the super collider in CERN, uh, you know, CERN in, in, in Switzerland, which costs $300 billion, and kind of flush it down the toilet because they're never going to find the smallest particle. They just keep finding smaller and smaller iterations as the technology improves. So, you know, at one point they got the magnifying, uh, you know, they, they, we, we invented uh, uh, magnifying glasses and uh, 
and scopes and uh you know, we said, ooh, look, there's a cell. That must be the tiniest thing. And then we said, oh, my God, there's atoms and there's, you know, subatomic particles. And then, then they claimed to have found the Higgs boson, and which uh, is supposed to be the smallest particle but is not. So if all matter goes to infinity, then, you know, uh, how do we have physical things? Well, the universe creates boundary conditions around, around the infinity to create physical matter. And sacred geometry plays a large part in that. We can talk about that uh, in a little while. But um, So within you is infinity. And that's the important part to know, the thing that really hits for, for your listeners, that to know that they embody infinity. And when they meditate, that's what they're tapping into. They're going inward, into inner space. And they're tapping into their own infinity, infinity of their being. And we're all the information is, all, you know, you've heard of Akashic Records. Well, that could be, you know, tapping into the field where all information is on anything. And you can do that through your own vessel. And that's what the great masters do. And from it, they're able to create anything out of the ether. They're able to create, you know, like, um, you know, Jesus got wine out of, created wine out of water and Moses got water out of a rock, they're tapping into the field and, and you can create anything out of the field. Does that make sense to you, Parisha? Yes, yes, it does. And I think it will definitely hit home with a tremendous number of the people who are listening to us. Because here's the thing, these, these are answers that you cannot, religion can't explain them or we're told we shouldn't ask those questions or, or we'll understand at some point on faith or whatever. But what you're saying and exactly how you put it in the explanation of the black holes in the state of infinity, when you really begin to put that together and how you teach it and you talk it, it actually just creates such a, like, a aha, okay, and relaxes and shows. You know, what I promote the strongest on everything I do is how you matter, you count, and you have the powers in you to do something no one else can do, the extraordinariness of every one of us individually. And that's represented in our fingerprint. And so you're giving... What you're talking about is giving the very science and explanation of the reality and the truth of that. And as we talked before the show and everything, I'm not easy with the word theory because what we have here is no longer theory. There are ancient cultures that have known this, and this, this is part of what your book offers too, is a history of how this was known so many eons ago and how it got lost somewhere in the wash of everything is, is what we're all still trying to recuperate from. But you have that knowledge and you actually tie it all together. That's what's so exciting about what you say and what you did. But you also you, you had named your book The Technology of God. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, I named it that because I believe that with the proper knowledge, we can actually create a real technology that will tap into this. I call it the source field. Let me tell your readers one other um, important bit of information. Uh, the distance between a neutron and a proton in a single atom relative to its size is 26 trillion miles, the distance from our sun to the nearest sun, which is four light years away, 26 trillion miles. That means that matter, everything that your body is made up, everything in the physical world is made up of mostly what our science calls empty space. But is it empty? And I say no, it's not empty. It's filled with mm -hmm. an infinitely dense energy field, which is this source field that I'm talking about. We can't exactly. see it because it's in perfect ge geometric equilibrium. And I you know, I know that's a little heady, and I can get into that a little bit when we talk about the geometry of matter, uh, which explains the significance of, of sacred geometry, like why it, are certain geometries considered sacred? Well, it's how the universe creates matter and goes inward to infinity and outward to infinity using a very specific geometry, and it's been encoded in the world's religions. And, uh, you know, I think it's become very evident if you watch a lot of the new shows that are coming out or read any of Graham Hancock's books, um, that there was a very high technologically advanced civilization on the earth pre-flood, probably at least tw about 12,000 years ago, that got completely destroyed. And, uh, you know, the knowledge was saved 
um, and put into secret societies and put into encoded into certain religious traditions, encoded into the Native American traditions. And uh, so it is there, but it's been very hidden from the masses for a very long time, especially throughout the Christian era that really looked to suppress that kind of information. Mm-hmm. It's very true, very, very true. You also, right. though, that you say here that there's a, a great deal of importance on geometry in your book and, and what my, I guess my listeners would benefit from knowing how do you relate that to spirituality? Well, um, because of the, you know, you, why is the yin and yang sign considered sacred? Well, what we've come to understand is that um, the greatest stability is in a 64 tetrahedral grid. And it's on the cover of my book. So if they go to my website at thetechnologyofgod.com, they'll see that all over the place, and I have it all over the book. Um, it actually uh, it has 64 tetrahedrons in it. And, you know, why are there pyramids all over the world? Well, obviously this shape creates some sort of really important energy field. And, those, and the pyramids were most likely, um, you know, they were energy grids around the world. And they powered the world at one point because this is the energy, this is the shape that one uses to tap into the field. So a yin and yang sign, when you spin, when you spin a 64 tetrahedral grid, it forms a double torus, which is like a two donuts. And at the top, it actually forms a yin and yang sign. And if you look at galaxies, what do they look like? They look like a yin and yang sign because that's the top of a double torus. Mm -hmm. And actually everything in the universe conforms to this particular geometry if you really look at it correctly. Everything is created mm -hmm. that way. And I get into that in my book in more detail, but um, this, that's why this geometry is considered so sacred. Now you say, well, how do you use that yourself? Well, there, there are ways to use it, um, like creating a Merkaba, which is a uh, double-bounded tetrahedron, um, Drunvalo, I don't know if you've ever read his books, he talks a lot about that. You can create a Merkaba around you and theoretically travel anywhere in the universe. Now, I haven't been able to do that personally, <laughs> but I understand it can be done. But I haven't been able to do that personally, so I can't claim to do it. But it's, you know, I, you know, just knowing that this is how the universe works and that the universe goes to infinity uh, is important in understanding your own place because in an infinite universe, every point is the center, and that means that every single person in the world centers an entire universe. And people need to know that they're not insignificant. They're not insignificant insin in the universe. They center an entire universe, and everything they think and say and do has an impact on everything else. And the significance of the geometry comes into creating the technology because you need to use the geometry in the shaping of the crystal and the spinning of the crystal to create a way to access the field. So This is so powerful. <laughs> you just gave me goosebumps. You just gave me goosebumps. I love it. And it does show the significance of everybody. And, you know, our world's going to change when you get that message out. And you're one of the voices, the whole reason... You know, I want my listeners to know the whole reason I, I don't do a lot of this particular kind of material on the windows in your mind, and it, but may, mostly is me sharing the different things that I'm doing. But having you on it is because you also are supporting what is the most important and the most liberating thing we'll ever do on this earth is actually understand the significance of every living life form and especially humanity and so your book is just saying that and you've just put all those pieces together so beautiful Alea. but you, there's a part here too that i think i would like more understanding on as well okay you have a scene that has an instant feedback loop and is that something real can you talk a little bit more about that and help us understand that yeah, understanding the feedback loop is pretty important because it really affects your life on a daily basis. You could call it karma. But, you know, if you think of the universe, actually the model for the universe as described in uh, Gravitation, which is kind of the Bible of quantum physics written by the great John Wheeler, um, 
they have a model of the universe, which is a man blowing up a balloon that has pennies on it, and the pennies are getting the bigger the balloon gets, the pennies are getting further apart, and that's kind of how you know the universe is expanding, and the pennies represent galaxies, and we can observe that they're 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 blue shifted, so they're getting further apart. But the question is, who's the guy blowing up the balloon? <laughs> you know, they don't answer that. You know, who's that guy? And the thing, they don't answer that. And if you say God, you know, the whole uh, scientific community, you know, has a conniption set. But yeah. it's the other side. You have to think of that as the, the field, the other side of the field. And there's like a breath-like interaction. And you hear that all the time in esoteric works, that the breath is so important and that there's a breath-like interaction to everything. So if our part of the universe of what we perceive as real is only 4 or 5%, and the rest is 95%, that's because there's a little bit emitting from the field. So when they say black holes just suck in light and they don't emit anything, actually even uh, Stephen Hawking finally admitted that no, there is, there is some emission coming out of black holes. And that emission is what we call our reality, that little itty bitty 5% or 4% is what we call you know, our entire reality. So it's this breath-like interaction is the feedback loop. And what it means that what you put into the field, what you say, think, and do, comes back on you. And it comes back on you maybe in another lifetime or maybe tomorrow or maybe 10 minutes from now. Now in Sedona, Arizona, where I live, and there's a lot of iron in the mountains, which is a psychic enhancer, it comes back pretty fast. And we can see this happening. You know, on a daily basis, we can see the feedback loop. But yes, the feedback mm -hmm. loop is very real. You can call it karma or whatever you want, but consciousness is everything. In fact, I, you know, you talked about my poetry book. I, I have a poem about, and you said, you, you know, they did the esoteric, um, you know, exercises. One of them is, who am I? Who am I? Mm -hmm. You sit there and just meditate. Who am I? And when you say that long enough, you start to realize well, you're not your thoughts because they come and go. You're not your emotions because they change all the time. You're not your circumstances. You're not your job. You're not any of those things. And when you get down to the very bottom, you realize that all you are is a blank consciousness that's having experiences. It's the only thing you can be sure is real in life. I can't even be sure you're real. I, I can't be sure I'm not having a dream right now. I, you know, I can't be sure any of this is real. I, I might be in a pod somewhere, like in the matrix, having an experience. Yeah. But what I can be sure of is that I have, I have an awareness. And so that awareness, that consciousness that affects everything, whenever you feed anything in your consciousness into the field, any thought, any emotion, it affects things and it comes back to you. And that's what the feedback loop is. And knowing that is important. That changes your life. Because if you don't think anything matters, and what, you, what I did when I was an atheist, and I was a good person, I didn't do anything bad, but I didn't think anything mattered. And it did affect the way I conduct my life. It, it, it did a great deal. And when I started to understand, oh, my God, everything I do and say matters, everything I think matters, and it comes back on me, and it helps create my own re personal reality, you've got to be careful what you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very, and very we are taught that in Western civilization to control our thoughts at all. So we need to learn it on our own. Well, I, I appreciate that you've clarified that because then the feedback loop is actually what we can see the continuum of the return. So what we pull, put out is what we get back. And there is ancient symbology of that that actually calls it she. It's actually the breathing out and the breathing in of the universe. So you just helped put that in perspective for me. And I'm going to be looking at that a little bit stronger. So I appreciate that. Okay. But uh, in, in some of the other things that you're sharing here, there was some, some time of personal transformation experiences for you. Is that too personal or can you share that with us? No, I'd be happy to. You said you had an epiphany. What, could you help us understand how your, how your particular, you know, decision to move forward and come out? Yes. Well, I had a couple over the years. I mean, one profound one was I was um, walking on the beach. I used to live in Washington, D.C., and I used to go to the Delaware coast a lot, and I'm walking on the beach early in the morning with my dog, and I'd had another dog that had passed away about six months earlier, and my father had passed away about a year earlier 
And I don't know, it was just a beautiful day, and I said out loud, uh, Arlo, be with me. Arlo was my dog who had passed away after 17 and a half years. And, uh, and then I went, Dad, why don't you come be with me? And the minute I said that, this wave of energy went through me like a ton of bricks. I literally stopped in my tracks and said, whoa, what was that? I mean, literally. And I walked a few more feet, and then I thought, gee, I wonder if that was Arlo or that was my dad. And quite frankly, I was a little <laughs> closer to my dog than my dad. So I was actually expecting it to be Arlo. So I, I walk a few more feet, and I go, Arlo, be with me. And I hold my arms out, nothing happens. And I went, Dad, be with me. And it went through me again. And this just this never stopped. Mm. Somehow... Something blew open in me, some chakra or something blew open in me, and that has never stopped. That surge of energy goes through me whenever I hear the truth. I can mm-hmm. also talk to people who have passed over and get yes and no answers because that, I call it a psychic shiver, goes through me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, so that has become a very a confirming and affirming um for me, that there is definitely a consciousness after we uh, pass. And uh, I don't have much, you know, much of my angst about death and dying has evaporated uh, with that knowledge Mm -hmm. and and that personal experience. Mm -hmm. So that was one. And then, uh, uh, you know, I have to say that uh, the theory uh, with the black hole theory was very put a lot of things in perspective for me, you know, gave me a really hands-on scientific explanation for what I was experiencing, one that I could, that made sense. And the more I've studied esoteric knowledge and ancient wisdom and ancient mystery school wisdom and uh, the uh, the Kabbalah and the uh, um, Kabbalion, which is um, Thoth, uh, the ancient Egyptian mystery school knowledge, it all is very consistent. Uh, also, the Keys of Enoch by J.J. Hertog uh, can be interpreted through this scientific understanding. So I have not seen anything since I did those studies in 2007, so it's been 11 years, uh, that has contradicted any of it. So it all still mm-hmm. rings very true to me. Okay. And so that you actually feel at this time, do you do any particular services to assist people with people who have left the body and moved on? I call it relocation. <laughs> do you do <laughs> relocation. any of that? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I, I usually can. Um, I do help people who are grieving. Uh, I can usually uh, communicate and pass messages on to people, and I, I do that fairly often, uh, you know, with, yeah, all the time, actually, because there's always something going on and somebody passing over or whatever and Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. in a community like this that's filled with retirees there's always somebody passing over so uh yeah and it's great because i'm able to really comfort people and and that's very fulfilling for me um i also you know i do healing work too you mentioned that i'm an energy healer and i i love doing that because people get they feel it right away and they get an immediate a lot of times they get immediate relief from whatever they're suffering from. So that, that's been very mm-hmm. um, fulfilling for me. And, I, and I, I use this knowledge when I'm doing that. It's the way I visualize and, you know, I use the geometry in my visualization when I'm working with light and doing healing with people. So it's all, you know, my, my knowledge of the black holes, the way I connect people to source, you know, in my mind's eye when I'm doing the healing. So that's all, it all, it's all tied in to the same thing. But it, same speaks, it just speaks mountains of you, you know. I truly understand there's a lot of people out there that are working with healing and everything. But, you know, when you have to be the, the vessel of that yourself. And I think that you come across really well on that, Alea. Just your, your whole nature, you know, gives you the signature of truth and actuality of that. So I'm very happy with that, and I hope that some of our listeners actually take you up on that and come to the website and take a look at what you can do. Because being able to help people in the energy field, and that's basically how I see what you're talking about, is that when you're actually doing the healing, you're in that energy field with them and can actually make some corrections and help things begin to flow better in theirs. And that 
you know, in, in the body itself, we have to heal the body ourselves. But if we have that assistance that can actually help make those changes in the field and everything, then, then everything is possible. Right now, there's somebody I love very dearly that, ha that has just served uh, human, humanity for better than 20-something years, just giving everything he's got to it, that's going through a lot of physical stuff himself because he stopped considering his own energy field needs and just giving, giving, giving. And we have to all watch that. And how you're saying you do it, see, you don't, that doesn't happen. There's always this, like you said, this recycling the loop helps actually bring back the good of what you're doing. I'm sure that's why you still look so young and beautiful, Alea. <laughs> well, I don't know why I look so young for my age, but I, I do look remarkably young for my age, and I won't tell anybody how old I am, but I'm significantly older than what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. I'm, I'm just not aging. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, uh, but I do run a lot of energy, and that could be one of the reasons. And, and I'm a vessel. You mentioned I'm a vessel. The energy is coming from the source field. It's, it's coming through me. No one is a, can claim that, you know, that they're the healer. It's just something that comes through me, and maybe I'm in, you know, I'm in the proper vessel for it or whatever. And it's also, I think, the mixture of two energies. I, you know, in you know, the, when two of us are gathered in His name, I think there's some power in the two, in blending two energies together that makes uh, healing uh, um, happen in the energetic field. Um, I don't claim to completely understand how it works. I just know that it does. I feel it coming through me. I intuited it. I don't know where on earth I got it from. I mean, I've had it for a long time. I can't remember exactly where it originated. It was long before I had a lot of this knowledge. Um, certainly at least a decade before I had uh, studied, um, you know, with Nassim. And uh, um, and even before I think I started my uh, quantum physics research. So, you know, it was one of the things that led me to want to do that. So I don't know where it came from. I, 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 had, I think I had a near-death experience, which often blows open your chakras. I, because it began yes, right after I had a couple operations, and there was a problem with one of the operations. So I think that that was, oh, okay. might have been it. So but is that when you started noticing this, that you... Cause yeah, you know, I kept... Awaken, yeah. Go, go on. Oh, I was, I was just saying say that a lot of... People share. <laughs> you go. You go. <laughs> a lot of people like that's a, a big interest now. In a lot of uh, programs and seminars are where people are coming and sharing their near death experiences, and that it has changed their world, and they're just now getting the courage to speak about the things they can see and do. So it is. It is a crisis time like that that sometimes open the door. So, but did you notice that you started picking up on this immediately after that, or did you? Are you just making? A summary of that, thinking that what you know, right well, now, that I, might have been. I I don't I don't know. I kind of went back in my mind and thought, like, when did this all start? When did this all start? And it started kind of in my early thirties, and I had a um, a very uh, easy operation on on a cyst on an ovary, and I remember the nurse came in and said, uh, "Boy, you gave us a scare on the table." Now I did not have an out of body experience or anything, but it all started right around then. And I wonder, I know that people really having a near-death experience blows open your chakras. And a lot of uh, people with abilities and that have, um, you know, uh, metaphysical um, experiences or, you know, any of the uh, paranormal abilities have, have had, it starts with a near-death experience. So I, I'm guessing that that's what's, what kicked it off. Because I didn't really have it as a child that okay. I can remember. So you so you know that you did round 30, though, and you picked it up. Yeah. I, I find, I, I think that if you really sat down and started looking back to it, I think you'll find earlier signs because, you know, what you're doing now, what I see in your energy, and I see energy very clear, there's very long lifelines in there. So I think as a child, maybe in the dream time or just in the creative imaginary play time that you did in that, there were still things already kind of, revealing you and showing you and 
you're just you're just a very fantastic, interesting person to me. Watching you and seeing how you're moving about, and actually, I'd like to share with our listeners that you had become discouraged about your book and everything, and had just kind of been sitting with it for a while. And uh, it, it's actually that I, with all my heart, feel that she needs to get this book out and gets her teachings into the public flow and um, put her back to work, so to say, because there's so much that you have to share with that that can just relate and help people have the courage to pick up and do this themselves again and bring it to, to closure. And right now our world is in such a state because we need more minds and more consciousness to support the truths that you're revealing and actually understanding the truths in the sciences that we have. And many of the scientists I know who used to be really uh, in the dogma of no God and you couldn't mention anything spiritual and everything else have actually changed where they're talking from because they don't know what to call it when they can't explain the unexplainable until they actually deal with their being what you're, like you said, this presence, this infinite presence that they keep wanting to say doesn't matter yet it's so huge and massive. It's everything. You cannot throw it out the back door again. You know. You have to well, I think when we it. finally, when we finally accept, uh, you know, when they finally, you know, accept this reality that it's it's going to be as profound as the uh, invention of fire, and it's going to take civilization to a completely new level. I mean, when I I call my book the technology of God because this technology I think is real. It can be made. Um, it's not there yet that I know of, but I think it's possible, and the knowledge is out there. Uh, there are a lot of people working on it. Some of them are calling it zero-point energy. That's, that's similar. Um, but it will, do, it will allow us to tap into the field and bring everything into perfect resonance. And that has profound implications, and I think it's very um, positive and very hopeful. Uh, we'd be able to grow food uh, in abundance, uh, you know, because everything would grow bigger and, and if it's in perfect geometric equilibrium and if it's exposed to the field, everything gets clean. The water would be able to be cleaned. You could drop these crystals into the, into the water and it would just bring everything into perfect resonance and water would become uh, pure again. Um, it would give us a technology to travel the stars because you know, all that that you see on TV and sci-fi about traveling through wormholes, this is exactly what we're talking about going through black holes uh, and traveling uh, from black hole to black hole. Now, think about this one, Parisha, because I, I find this really interesting. The, if all matter is centered by a black hole, which is what I'm saying, if all matter is centered by a black hole, that means the biggest black hole is at the center of the Earth, on the Earth, and the next biggest one in our solar system, uh, the biggest one in our solar system would be the sun. Yes. So you would go into the center of the Earth and then go to the center of the sun and then go to the next solar system. And, you know, what did they call the beings that came here in ancient times? They called them sun gods because I think yes. they literally come out of the sun. And did you know that the Vatican has a telescope called Lucifer? That is looking at yes. the sun all the time. <laughs> all the time, yes. <laughs> and monitoring the sun flares very, very cautiously. Yes, Funny yes, that. yes, I do. Funny that. Yeah. And so basically, and, and all indigenous work, like, you know, I know many people feel that they trek off to India and other places to actually find answers, spiritual answers in that, and it's right here in the soil of the North America continent, and it's in the schools, the definite... Uh, reality now of the natives letting loose the teachings and bringing forth what they know because everything you said actually is totally proven and, and definitely available because all we do is sun ceremony and sun dances and in that's woven all of the sciences that you just spoke about and far far more that you also speak about in the book so we, we've touched on and scratched a bit of the surface of what Alias book does but I want to actually bring her to a couple of pages in the book that, I mean, so many people that I've actually gotten to get the book looking at it go, oh my God, can, can she talk more about that? Can she talk more about that? And that must be on three, 304 where you actually shared some things here on uh, different important things. In the book, it's actually a character looking up some history on one of the major uh, roles in your book, uh, Alex. So could you actually help us on, you know, 
maybe expand on and read the particular one that starts with thus the theory implies is a conscious and infinite energy field underlying all physical creation attached through the black hole at the center of all particles. This is exactly what you just shared with us, okay? Okay, this yeah. field, whether you call it the vacuum, the universe or God, is the fabric of creation. Vacuum is a word that you have not talked about in, in all the different things you've helped share. What is the vacuum? Well, the vacuum's the empty space that's not empty, and it's synonymous with the field or the source or the other side of the universe that I were talking about. So it's really just the same thing. But I'm talking about that, that that's the source field, what we call the empty space in between, you know, all that vast empty space in the atom uh, and all the space out in space is not empty at all. Um, and it's filled with, um, you know, an infinite amount of energy. In fact, there's more energy in a cubic centimeter. We can calculate this by just assuming, you know, the smallest thing we can measure is something called the Planck's length. And if yeah. you just take the, the measurement for a Planck's length and try and calculate how much of the source field energy is in a cubic centimeter, it's more in that, which is like about a cubic inch, uh, than the entire visible universe. So you're talking about incredibly dense field, and for all intents and purposes, an infinitely dense field of energy that we're embedded in it. And one thing I want to tell your listeners, this is also kind of important, I visualize it like an ocean. You can visualize the field like an ocean and matter like a wave in the ocean or a vortex in the ocean. And you are one of those waves or vortexes. And you can say, look at that, it's an individual thing. I can see that wave, I can see that vortex. But it's made out of the same stuff as the ocean it appears for a short while and then it goes back into the to become part of the ocean and that's what i think physical matter is and what we are we're a manifestation that takes form for a while and becomes individualized but is really embedded in the whole in the all and the field is the all it's everywhere you cannot be outside of it and it is an, it is conscious and it is in a feedback loop with our consciousnesses so we are probes in a way for the vast consciousness mm -hmm. for the for the vast ocean of consciousness and that's kind of how i see what we are as beings mm -hmm. and as consciousnesses yeah. in the world that's a beautiful and, uh, beautiful conscious way to talk. i could just see when you're saying it i'm become everything so it's it's a real good image and way to follow fantastic yeah so the field is is there you're embedded in it when I say the other side of the universe, it's very close. <laughs> You're embedded in it. Yeah. It's all around you. It's in all the empty space of your atoms and cells and molecules. It's, you're embedded in it. And, you know, what's physical about you is a very small part. And that's why energy healing works because really you, it's such the physical part, what we call physical is very, very small. And there's nothing really physical. You know, if you think about it, if you were the size of an atom, you wouldn't see the table in front of you or the chair you're sitting on it. You'd fall right through it. Yes. So it's a lot about perspective. <laughs> it's about perspective. You know, it's like yeah. it wouldn't even exist in your reality. The walls, nothing in your reality would even exist for you. So we live in a vast universe. I mean, and we're like a little teeny speck, so a lot of it may be right there. We might be walking through it. And we, we, but it's not part of our reality. So reality right. is a very relative thing. <laughs> it's yes, a very it relative yes, thing. Yes, it is. And we need this not take very it very seriously. <laughs> well, we do, though, don't we? We really pay yes, we do. Easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, for all of us, right? And well, on these pages, when you get around to the back of the to the end of the story. She has a tremendous amount of energy that relates to one of the particular phrases here says, the universe uses the geometry of the six-pointed star or star of David within a sphere to go to infinity. And, you, you, you know, you read in the book, and this is what I kept telling people, like, well, I really don't want to hear any more about science or whatever. They tell them, you're not going to get that here, okay? You're going to get connection. You're going to get connected because the story keeps taking the end of the stuff to a way that it doesn't sound like you're studying science. And she deals with this throughout the book on just exactly how the symbology begins to lead 
the particular characters, Alex and Sidney, in her book, to the, the climax of the book, coming to the realization that there is so much hope to the world and that we all just need to get involved in revealing that through ourselves and in ourselves. And you do such a beautiful job of it. It's just, it, it, like I said, the book is addictive. It really is. But when she goes through that, she gives you the symbols and pictures throughout the book to help you actually have, you know, pick it up in the visual, visual part right. of your brain and actually work with it. When I... When we get to discussing that on, I can't wait till we start actually putting it on the book club. And for those of you on this call, we'll actually be reading and uh, discussing this book around August 1st when we start talking about it on the Quantum Leap book club. And uh, Aaliyah will be with us here and there and actually do some teaching. But we're also encouraging her to start doing some what we consider by many different names on the internet doing like an hour-long teaching and that to where she can actually help you put these pieces together. So she's really going to be stepping out here and becoming the light that she truly, truly is, a powerful light. And I'm very, very excited that you come on this show to help get that started, Alea. I thank you so very, very much. Well, uh, I have a couple for- of other things here. Now, I want there can you do these the healings that you talk about? Can you do them long distance? Can people call you? Oh yeah, um I've done them all over the world. I've done them on Skype with people in Europe and all over the world. So, they don't need to be present because in the field everything's connected and everything's instantaneous. So, um there is no distance in the field. So, yeah, I can. Okay. Um if, the, can if you're in Sedona, how- hmm? Yeah. I said, if they're in Sedona, I can do a hands-on, but it, it's it's effective even if it's not hands-on. Okay. Well, can you tell people how to contact you and give some of your media information? Sure. My website is thetechnologyofgod.com. If you want to email me, it's thetechnologyofgod at gmail.com. If you want to sign up for a healing, you can do it on the website, um, and uh, the information is there. And then um, we will set up a time to to do it on the phone uh, or by Skype. Uh, Skype is good because I like to look in people's eyes so I can get a sense of their essence. So it's either they Mm -hmm. send me a picture or we do it through Skype or one of those online things where you can see each other. Um, and uh, they can get the book on Amazon and Kindle also, uh, but it's, you know, um, uh, I have it as an audio on my book, on my uh, website as well, and if you buy the audio book, uh, which was recorded by an English actor, so it's not me with my Detroit accent, but uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I actually give you a copy of the PDF as well because you need to see the ge- you need to see some of these diagrams to understand yeah. what I'm talking about with the geometry. I I just wanted to add one thing because you reminded me uh, when you said about the Star of David in in a circle. Yeah, the Star of David is key to the geometry, and if you put a circle around it and then put a circle on every one of the points and then put another Star of David in that circle, you know, draw a circle and put another Star of David, and then do the same thing to every one of those points, you can do that to infinity. And, and that's, that's where the geometry, you can see how the geometry is infinite. And not only that, like just to, to take this to the level of my knowledge and what I've used all my life and everything, the, the truth that we seek are in the symbols. You know, the language and the actual being able to verbally talk and do it with whatever the suppressive need was over the eons behind us. People could not talk openly about it. So, so much of it was stored in the symbology. But what even what Elia is doing here in the book, this isn't just people's different symbols that they've used that are kind of linked to their language needs. These apply all over the world. I have literally gone all over the world in these 60 years of my evolving. And everywhere in this earth you find these symbols. And somewhere along the line you have to wake up and realize something is trying to tell us something. Something's trying to speak. Absolutely. Science... Science has denied that for so long. They can't now. And with what you're bringing forward here and what Nassim's work's doing, along with a lot of other 
wonderful, powerful minds is actually bringing it all back. And when we do that, there's no place to go back to. There's no place for us to actually be cowering in, in the darkness and trying to, you know, be living in a paranoid state of not trusting or believing what's being said and what's being given to us because the power is within each of us. And your book brings that back to us so very, very clear. I would love and to we, know that and all we need my to get. We need to get this information out to as wide an audience yes. as possible because the more it's out, the less likely it is to be suppressed. And uh, it's very important. This is ancient mystery school knowledge that only the privileged few have been able to know about over the last several thousand years. And now exactly. it's coming out. I mean, this used to be held very tight to the chest, uh, you know, in the Templars and, and the, uh, uh, um, with the, the, Mason, the Freemasons. And this is the, this is the knowledge. And uh, they didn't want it out because, you know, quite frankly, it can be used for good and it can also be used for evil. You have to use it for good because I, I don't know how anybody could ever use this information for evil because to understand it is to know that it comes back on you. So yes. I don't know why anybody <laughs> would ever use it for evil, but evidently people do. Well, yeah. they're insane. There are some insane people that believe they can actually capture and manage that, as your book shows that there's people who actually believe that go that far into their insanities. But And the other part of it all is saying, like right now, where we're looking, when we, what I, because I'm politically pretty involved now in some of the stuff that I just can't sit still on anymore. And when we really begin to understand, and, and this knowledge that you're giving us helps us do that, why as a country the United States is so powerful when we're, when we're less than 150 years old, really, okay? Not that we didn't have people on the continent, but to say we, you know, incorporated ourselves as a country, and that we are so powerful in the world, it is because you had the Freemasons that actually founded this country. Yes, and that absolutely. there's a lot of things, there's things that we need to look at to help us understand our responsibility for actually being citizens of this country. And this knowledge puts it into a place to where, like you said, everybody needs to be accessing it. Um, with all my heart, I say, whatever you need, I would help you with. I would love to know that you're just out there talking, 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 and sharing, 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 because you, you yourself are just a vortex of information. So well, uh, I want all of you to know where she's at. So, Alea, I need you to again give them the information of how to reach you, okay? Yes, it's thetechnologyofgod.com, and you can email me at thetechnologyofgod at gmail.com. And I will answer your emails. And you can sign up for healings on my website. There's um, a payment portal there. And uh, you can read a lot of background information on my, on my website as well. Um, you can listen to two chapters for free or, or read two chapters for free on my website, see if you like you know, the reading style. I do want to say to your audience that when you're reading my book, all of this, I make a big political statement in there, and I predicted, what would I do if I wanted to turn this country into a fascist country? Watch that when you're reading the book, because so much of what I predicted and what I was just sitting there dreaming up, what would I do, has happened. Okay, well then I, I and she does do that, beloved, she does, and the whole part of the book that, that Actually, we haven't gotten into here a lot because I want to make sure that I keep the element of thirst and surprise when we do Quantum Leap a Book Club <laughs> her book. Is that she actually frames this in a, a frame that, you know, is scary because when I was with you, Leah, you had actually shared that what's really in the book is, is unfolding presently. It's, even though this book is 10 years in the making, it's really unfolding presently, and that's the influence of religious you know, suppression and stuff that actually is definitely very evident in the world, in not just the United States, but in the world. But where she puts it and how she puts it, it's like as I was reading it and remembering our earlier conversation, I just kept smiling because it's, you're, you're right. It's right on. It's, you know, you're looking at it, and there's just these little treadmills of truth that are coming out and working their little roots and everything into everything. And I said, okay, so the answer is exactly why I do what I do and exactly why you are who you are. And I'm sure that between the two of us and those who will pick it up with us, we'll make sure that a lot more of this gets out. But I 
want to say this again. Though you are an accumulation of great wealth and understanding from the many who have shared their wisdoms with you, you yourself have the mission in putting this together and putting it to us with you. It's your beauty, it's your grace, and it's particularly your vibration that makes this all very, 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 very adaptable and easy to do. So I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, and we'll be looking forward to us joining in our work together because it's been delightful having you on Windows in Your Mind. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love that, and I'll be seeing you very soon as we return to Sedona. And I hope so. I look forward to it. Okay. All right. You have a great week, and for all of our listeners, please make sure that you follow the information, get on that website, and get the book, and we'll be talking soon. Meanwhile, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Grandmother Parisha on your journey to the windows in your mind. For further information or to contact Grandmother, please visit parishas-world.com. P-A-R-I-S-H-A-S-world.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.